Did you know the average person spends four years of his life looking down at his cell phone? Kinda ironic, ain't it? How these touch screens can make us lose touch. But it's no wonder in a world filled with IMAX, iPads, and iPhones, so many eyes, so many selfies, not enough us's and we's. See, technology has made us more selfish and separate than ever. Cause while it claims to connect us, connection has gotten no better. And let me express first, Mr. Zuckerberg, not to be rude, but you should reclassify Facebook to what it is, an anti-social network. Cause while we may have big friend lists, so many of us are friendless all alone. Cause friendships are more broken than the screens on our very phones. We sit at home on our computers measuring self-worth by numbers of followers and likes. Ignoring those who actually love us, it seems we'd rather write an angry post and talk to someone who might actually hug us. Am I bugging? You tell me, cause I asked a friend the other day, let's meet up face to face. They said, all right, what time you wanna Skype? I responded with OMG, SRS, and then a bunch of SMHs and realized, what about me? Do I not have the patience to have conversation without abbreviation? This is the generation of media overstimulation. Chats have been reduced to snaps. The news is 140 characters. Videos are six seconds at high speed. And you wonder why ADD is on the rise faster than 4G LTE. But get a load of this. Studies show the attention span of the average adult today is one second lower than that of a goldfish. So if you're one of the few people who are aquatic animals that have yet to click off or close this video, congratulations. Let me finish by saying you do have a choice, yes. But this one, my friends, we cannot autocorrect. We must do it ourselves. Take control or be controlled, make a decision, me. No longer do I want to spoil a precious moment by recording it with a phone. I'm just going to keep them. I don't want to take a picture of all my meals anymore. I'm just going to eat them. I don't want the new app, the new software, or the new update. And if I want to post an old photo, who says I have to wait until Thursday? I'm so tired of performing in the pageantry of vanity and conforming to this accepted form of digital insanity. Call me crazy, but I imagine a world where we smile when we have low batteries. Because that'll mean we'll be one bar closer to humanity. Hey, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Uh, my name is Brian, and uh, I get to travel full-time all around the country, talking to uh, parents and teenagers, helping them understand uh, technology and how what a huge uh, part of uh, that technology is in our lives. And, um, you know, I think every generation has kind of a, a different thing that we're going to look back and we say, that, oh, that represents that generation, you know? Like we look at the 60s and we're thinking, oh, that's like the, the peace, love, you know, generation. The 70s was all about bell-bottom blue jeans and disco music and 
you know, the 80s was the me generation. I think we're going to look back at you guys 50 years from now in, in, in the ruins of, of, of the world, and we're going to say, oh, this was the technology generation. You know what I mean? Like, because you guys have always been wired. Like, you've never known, not known life without technology, you know? Well, but really, you've not been wired. It's more like you've been wireless, Yes, like you've never not known life without cell phones or the internet or social media. It's just always been a part of your life, hasn't it? Yes, like you can nod, really, you can participate if you want to. Yes, it's always been a part of you guys' life. It's almost like the doctor cut the umbilical cord and attached a Wi-Fi cable to you. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you've just always known this stuff and you know it way better than your parents do, don't by the way, don't you? Like you understand this stuff way better than they do. Like, especially when your parents say things like, 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 like a chat snap, you know, and they get stuff mixed up. You're like, yes, you obviously don't have a clue, mom, what you're talking about, right? I mean, anybody ever been there? Like your mom's trying to explain something to you about social media and you're like, mom, I think you should just be quiet right now. Yes, exactly. You know, because you, you guys get this stuff way better than grownups do, you know? Like, I mean, honestly, anyone here, your mother has ever come to you and said, hey, could you fix this for me, please? Anybody here? Like, that's crazy, isn't it? Like, that you, you understand, like, they should be the ones protecting you, but you understand this better than they do, right? Yes, and, and, and it's not just that you guys understand it better. I think it's because it's intuitive to you. You know what that word intuitive means? I know you're thinking it's Sunday night. I understood there would be no, no, uh, you know, no schooling on Sunday nights. But yeah, it just means like it's native to you. Like you just totally understand it. You don't have to figure it out. You just get it. Like anyone here, any guy here have like a, a video game system at home, Xbox, PS4, anything like that? Yeah. So, you know, let's, it's, it's Christmas morning. You open up the present. You take it out. It's a new Xbox One. You're like, oh my gosh, I always wanted this. And the first thing you do is read the owner's manual. Yes? No, not at all. No guy has ever read the owner's manual of a video game system. You know why? Because you just know what to do with it. Yes? I, I quit playing video games with my son by the time he was 10 years old because he kicked my butt all the time. And no dad likes to have his butt kicked by his 10-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Like, you understand this stuff better than your parents do. Yes? I mean, I'm not saying your parents are bad. Not at all. I think parents are wonderful people. No one loves you more in your life than your parents. It's just that you guys are the technology generation. You get this way better than most grownups do. Uh, you know, the average teenager sends over 3,000 text messages every single month. I know you're thinking, dude, I'll do that before yesterday, tomorrow when I get out of school. You know, like, like, because you guys text, like the average grownup, like your parents send about 300 a month. And you're sending 3,000 a month. Part of that's because they're old and their fingers don't work very well. You know what I'm saying? Like, but you guys don't even need fingers. For crying out loud, my daughter can send a text message with her nose. Like, really, we were on the ski lift and she had her gloves on and she pulls out her phone and she's texting. With, I'm like, okay, I know you're addicted when you can't resist texting with gloves on and you got to use your nose. You know what I'm saying? But like, this is what she's doing because you got, did you know there's actually an Olympics? Like you can legit win a college scholarship for being texting, like being the fastest texter. Like that should be an excuse right there for like, mom, I need the phone. I'm trying to get money for college here. You know what I'm saying? So, but anyway, but you guys text way more than your parents do. They send 300 and you guys send 3000 in part because you text very differently than your parents do. Don't you? Like for real, like, like you guys can have whole conversations with each other without even using words right? Like you don't have to send any single letter in the vocabulary. Like for real, like you can, you can have a whole conversation. You can send her an emoji with its eyebrows raised and you respond back with a sad face. And then you respond back with a, 
okay. You know, like, like you have a whole conversation about like where she is mentally today and no one used a single word. You know what I'm saying? But your parents know how to do this. Anyone, your parents ever sent you an emoji and you knew it was the wrong emoji? You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know what I'm saying? You want to go, dad, please. By the way, if you were not here yesterday, I gave you forewarning parents that I was going to throw you under the bus, okay? So, yeah, like, like you know, parents, they try to be hip and cool and use these emojis, and you're like, no, Dad, please. You're over 40. Please don't use emojis, all right? And so, like, anyone here ever be honest with me? Tell me that maybe you sent your mom a text message, and all it says is, Mom, would it be okay if I stayed out 15 minutes later? That's a very simple text message, right? Like, it's pretty short, it's sweet, it's to the point, and it's an easy response. Like, all your mom has to say is yes or no. Or if she wants to be really hip and cool, she can send you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Or just make it really sport, short, and holy smokes, are you serious? Can we put our phones on silent, please? So anyway, <laughs> grown-ups, anyway, so, uh, or if she wants to be really cool, she can just say K, you know, or N or Y. But instead... After asking a very simple question, you stare at the screen and the three bubbles at the bottom for the next 11 minutes, and you're like, what in the world are you typing, mom? Right? And then all of a sudden, the answer comes back, and it says, well, I don't know. It's a school night, and did you do your homework? And how was soccer practice this afternoon? And whose house are you at? Did they feed you? Oh, I forgot to tell you what happened to your grandmother this afternoon. And four score and seven years ago, our forefathers brought forth to this continent, and you're going, oh my gosh, this is why I block you, mom. Like, anyone, amen, amen? Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. Yes, because, like, for real, when your mother sends you a text message and it's the whole first chapter of Harry Potter, you know she doesn't understand texting. You know what I'm saying? Because, and, and you guys send way more. You text differently than, than, than grown-ups do. My daughter, when she was in high school, I sent her a text message one day. And I said, hey, I'm going to pick you up from school today instead of mom, and we can go to Panera and get a smoothie and hang out together. And she responded by sending me a smiley face with his tongue hanging out and a birthday present and a shooting star. Like I'm saying, she's in private school. I'm spending $20,000 a year. Please send me words, right? So I pick her up, and I said, why didn't you respond to my message? And she said, I did. And I said, no, you sent me a smiley face with his tongue hanging out and a birthday present and a shooting star. And she said, Ann? And I said, Ann, I don't speak hieroglyphics. Like, I don't get this. I don't understand it. I really don't. I don't understand it. But you do. You know why? Because you guys made up this whole language. Like you did. You made up the whole language so that we wouldn't understand what you guys are talking about. Like, here it is. Get this. Like your generation, you guys created emojis and texting. You created symbols and pictures that represent over 20,000 words in the English vocabulary. Like really, your generation is creating new languages. Like my generation, our contribution to the world was neon blue jeans and Duran Duran. You know what I'm saying? Like, as far as I'm concerned, you guys are doing some good stuff, doing stuff. You know what I'm saying? So, yes, whoo, I gotta calm down. I need some water. Whoo, mercy. Uh, how many of you guys, how many of you guys went to websites like these when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So. <clears throat> Now, how many, how many, any guy here, like real, like a guy guy, any guys here that are man enough to admit you had a Webkins? Any, yes, there you go. That's a man, that's a man right there. I'll give you a high five for a man. Yeah, way to go. And shh, what, what is your name? Ethan, Ethan. And um, what grade are you in, Ethan? 11th grade, very good. 11th grade, that was my perfect year. Everything worked out for me well that year. I had a girlfriend that year. And um, anyway... <laughs> So, Ethan, my 11th grade, and uh, you're in high school, and you had a Webkins, right? Do you remember what kind of Webkins you had? 
Are you serious? You don't remember what kind of... It's like in the closet starving right now because you forgot to feed it, right? My daughter, one year, she was in like, uh, like 10th grade and we're on the way home from her grandparents' house on Christmas Eve. And we passed by a Walgreens on the way home and she goes, dad, we have to stop at Walgreens right now. I was like, why? And she said, I just got a notification that my Webkins is hungry and I don't have any more food and I'm out of points and I got to buy some more points. I was like, okay, number one, it's Christmas Eve. We're not stopping anywhere. And number two, it's not real. Let it die, right? (laughs) But for real. So when you guys were kids, when you were little kids, you'd go on Webkins or Club Penguin or I don't know, Minecraft. Or now if you're really hip and cool as an eighth grader, you go to Fortnite, you know? And, and, so, <clears throat> and so you guys go to all these websites and that was great. It was really fun when you're in seventh grade and you're a pet chihuahua to have a play date with someone's penguin in, you know, on Webkins. But then something happened around, I don't know, when you were sixth grade, seventh, eighth, eighth grade, and you're like, I'm tired of go to kid websites. I want to go to real websites where my big brother and big sister hang out, where my mom and dad are. So all of a sudden you decided to get on social media. So then you got on Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat and all those different kind of things so that you could connect with real people. But unfortunately, no one had a conversation about about how to protect your identity or how to protect your digital reputation or protect all the information that you're sharing with people on social media. I mean, when when you become aware of how much information about your own life, whether you're in sixth grade or 12th grade, there is so much information about you out there on the internet now that you've just given away for free. Like, for instance, anyone here have Instagram on your phones? Every girl raises her hand. Yes, you have Instagram on your phone. And you know that Facebook owns Instagram, right? Yes, you know that? Okay, so here's the deal. This is the way this, this, is the way this works. So when you have the Instagram, WhatsApp, or Facebook apps on your phone and you use them, but just because you have them on your phone and you use them, I realize you don't know this because most people don't, but when you use it, you've given Facebook permission to look at everything that you're looking at on the internet on your phone. You've also given them permission to look at everything that you shop for on Amazon and on eBay, on an Etsy, and basically the stuff that you do with your phone, they are also looking at what you do on your phone. Because in order to use the app, you had to sign a user agreement. And all that tiny little text you know, in the user agreement, it says in there that you're giving them permission to look at what you look at. That's insane, isn't it? that we just give away all this information about ourselves. And so all of a sudden we get on, we got on all this social media and, and, and part of the, the thing I have about, against social media, I'm not against technology, by the way. I don't think technology is evil. Technology is innate. You know what I'm Technology doesn't have a soul. It's not good or evil. It's what we do with it. It's how we use it that can become unhealthy. And guys, we got to learn. You have to learn how to begin to use technology without it using you. You have to own it without it owning you. And we're losing part of our humanity, guys, when it comes to social media. And what happens is we get on one app and one app leads to another platform, leads to another platform. And we end up getting on all these different things and all this information about us is out there. And one of the things I, I, one of the real problems I have with social media, now by the way, I'm on all these apps, okay? So I use it just like you guys do. But one of the things I have with it is that just how much of our time it takes to use social media. Like, uh, let, me, let, me, uh, let me pick on someone I'm not really pick on because then you won't volunteer. Well, what is your name, sweetie? Avery, can I use you for a second, Avery? Oh yeah, sure. Okay, come on up here, Avery. Avery, what grade are you in, sweetie? Seventh, Seventh grade. And where do you go to school? Eisenhower. Eisenhower. Is it a public school? 
Sounds like it's his name after a president, right? So Eisenhower, middle school. Is it a middle school? Is that what you guys call it? Middle school, right. And Avery, did you brush your teeth this morning? I thought so. Yeah, I can smell that minty freshness still on your breath right now. So you brushed your teeth this morning. And how much time did you take to brush your teeth this morning? Two minutes. You know, that's exactly the right answer. The American Dental Association says that you should brush your teeth for two minutes. Let me ask you this. When you went to lunch this afternoon, did you brush your teeth after lunch? You did? Wow. Now, after, before you came here to youth, did you brush your teeth again? You did? Holy smokes, you're insane. So, because uh, most people brush your teeth like once, maybe twice a day. Now, let me ask you, Avery, when you go to school tomorrow, do you have school tomorrow? You going to school tomorrow? So, are you going to brush your teeth after first period? What about after second period? After, after uh, break time, maybe? After science class, math class, going to brush your teeth? What about after PE? Surely you can brush your teeth after PE, right? You're sweating, brush your teeth, right? Anyone go to school with Avery out here? Anyone go to school with Avery? Can we agree? What is your name? Morgan, could we agree, Morgan, that if you saw Avery brushing her teeth everywhere she goes at school tomorrow, you'd think, man, I used to kind of like, you know, Avery, but, you know, something's really off with her now. She brushes her teeth everywhere she goes. You know what I'm saying? What if I ask you to brush your teeth 60 times tomorrow? Would you do that? No, because that would be what? Crazy, yes? So 60, if you brush your teeth 60 times tomorrow and it takes two minutes each time, how much time would that be out of your day tomorrow? Your whole day? Wow, you must have a really short day. How much is 60, 60 times times two minutes is how long? Two hours, exactly. I know you understood there would be no math tonight at church, but it would be two hours, Avery. So here's the deal. This is why I ask you this. is because the average American teenager spends two hours a day, every day of their life, just on social media. Now, we already agreed that we wouldn't spend two hours brushing our teeth, right? You wouldn't spend two hours working out at the gym, right? No, because you would realize that, hey, there's a time and a place for this. And the same thing with social media. Now think about this, Avery. You know, let's say, what if it's, 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 it's is it February yet? I don't even know. Is it March yet? I don't know. My, my life is, I'm on the blur. My life is a blur. I'm on the road. So let's say that, Avery, that you decided that you're going to do this next month. What day is it today? The 10th. So let's say for March, March is the next month, right? Yeah, March. So let's say for March, you're going to do all of your social media all at one time. Does that make sense? So that you don't have to be on it every day of March, two hours each day. Instead, you're going to do it all at one time. Does that make sense? So now let's say, let's say my wife is calling me. Sorry. Let's say that um, you have 30 days, 31 days in March times two. So how much time is that in March that you'd be on, on social media? 31 times two is 64 hours, 64 hours. So we're talking roughly, you know, uh, uh, what? 62, sorry. So we're talking roughly three days out of each month of your life that you're on social media. Yes? Now let's just pull the lens out just a little bit more, okay, Avery? Because I know you're, you know, you're like, can I just have a seat, please, sir? So one more time, okay? So let's say, let's look at a whole year of your life, Avery. Let's say that this next year, your New Year's resolution is, I'm going to do all of my social media for the whole year all at one time so that I can just enjoy the rest of my life, right? So we got 365 days times two hours a day. You don't even have to do the math on that one. I'll tell you, you know, in a whole year that comes to, to the hour, exactly 30 days. What's another way of saying 30 days? A month. So what that means, Avery, and all of you got your friends out here, is that one month out of every year of your life is just to look at social media. Or one-twelfth of your entire existence on earth is just to look at social media. Now, Scripture tells us that we're going to give an account for our life, doesn't it, Avery? Yes. Now, I don't know what that means. I remember when I was in high school, yeah, when I was, when I was a little older than you, way, way long ago, back when Duran Duran was around. And so when I was in high school, I went to a youth camp and like you're, you know, you're, you're here, I went to a youth camp and they told me that uh, this guy was like really loud, like he was a real loud talker, you know? And he said, when you die one day, 
you're going to stand before God and he's going to play your whole life on a VCR for everyone to see. I was so glad when VCRs went out of style. You know what I'm saying? Because I was like, I don't want my whole life on a VCR. And I don't know, maybe it's going to be a Blu-ray player. I don't know. But the point is, scripture tells us we're going to give an account for our life, doesn't it? Now, I don't know what that means. It doesn't tell us exactly what that's going to look like. You know, I don't know if it's going to be a whole every minute of your life played, but let's just say that God stands in front of each one of us and says, Avery, what did you do with your life? And you're thinking, I can't remember every minute, but I do know that I spent two hours a day, every day of my life on social media. So I think I spent about six whole years of my life just on social media. Could we agree? That's insane, isn't it? Yes. Thank you very much, Avery. That's crazy, isn't it? So here's the deal, guys. I'm not saying that we shouldn't be on social media, but I promise you, your parents, they are not going to end up at the old folks' home and be saying to themselves, I wish I had tweeted a little bit more, you know? That is never going to, you're not going to get at the end of your life and thinking, I wish I just put a few more photos on Instagram. Because, you know, when, when you get to the end of your life, all you're thinking about is your relationships with people your relationships with your friends and your family. And, and when we start forgetting that, we're losing part of our humanity, guys. And so we, we spend all this time every day of our lives on social media, just losing valuable time in our day. And we go from one app to the next and we're sharing information about ourselves all over the place. You know, one of the things I think that happens a lot of times when we get on social media is we send, we're sharing so much information about ourselves that we lose track of everything that we're saying and who we're communicating with. You know, one of my, both of my kids, they're in college now, but when they were in school, one of the boundaries that we had for them is that you can only friend or follow people or accept requests from people that you've met in the real world. Does that make sense? Because that's the only way for the 100% certainty that you know that the person that you friended or you're following is legit. Because you've never met them, how do you really know? My daughter at her high school, there was, uh, I was invited to speak at the high school and there was a 15-year-old boy who was uh, followed by a beautiful 19-year-old from Oklahoma City. And so, you know, he's a 10th grade guy and this beautiful 19-year-old follows him. And so what's he gonna do? What's he gonna do back? He's gonna follow her back because, hey, she's a beautiful 19-year-old girl. So now they're following one another and they start texting back and forth on Instagram. <clears throat> And they're sending hundreds of messages back and forth. And after hundreds of messages, they get very comfortable with talking with one another. You know how this works, doesn't it? You start talking to someone and the conversations go on and on and go on for days and weeks and months. And then you finally feel like I can trust this person. Hey, I, this person understands me. They, may, they get me better than other people that I know in the real world get me. And so all of a sudden the conversation turned to a sexual conversation. And they're sharing very intimate things about their lives and their desires with one another. And then the conversation turns to sharing semi-nude photos back and forth to each other. And a lot of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm guessing chances are that there's some of you in this room that this has happened to you. You just get caught up in a conversation with someone and you feel like I understand this person. This understands me better, better than anyone that I've ever known. And you feel like you wanna share part of yourself with this person. And so then they end up sharing fully nude photos back and forth. And then he gets kind of scared. So he breaks off the communication with her. She keeps messaging him and saying, where did you go? And how come you're not talking to him anymore? But he just keeps ghosting her. You know what that means, right? Like he's, he can see her, but he doesn't respond. Like an ethereal spirit out there. He's ghosting her. And then um, one day she sends him a message and says, if you don't keep talking to me, 
I'm going to take all these pictures I have of you and I'm going to put them on my Instagram. So then what, now see, I don't, I don't think teenagers are stupid. I really don't. I don't think teenagers are even foolish. I think part of what happens in a, as, as being a teenager is our lives are so fast. We're going so quickly from one thing to the next. It's hard to think through the decisions that we're making today and how they're gonna affect next week or even next month. Does that make sense? Because we're living in the moment as teenagers. And one of the things that he forgot was that once she followed him and he followed her back, now she can see everyone else that's on his friend list, Right? So then she went and followed all of his other friends from school because, you know, hey, if you're, you follow somebody else and I see you on their list and they want to follow me, oh, well, you're a friend of my friend. Okay, well, you must be okay then. But none of them knew her either. So then one day as he's walking in school, three of his buddies stopped him and said, have you seen your Instagram today? And all she did was she just tagged his username she didn't really put him on his profile. She just tagged his username. You know how that works, right? Someone tags you, whether you like it or not, and now all of a sudden, your stuff is popping up on everyone else's profiles that follows you. And so his buddy stopped him, and then it gets spread around the school, and his parents are called to the school. They have to file a police report. The police have to contact the FBI. I mean, this is a big deal. It's about as bad as it gets. This is a federal crime because it's called distribution of child pornography, because he's under the age of 18, he's not a legal adult, he's a child, and his pictures are out there on the internet. And so the FBI are involved, and they have to go before a judge to, to compel them to, to tell Instagram who owns that account, who this 19-year-old girl is. And then they finally find out after two weeks of his pictures being out there that it wasn't a beautiful 19-year-old girl, it's a 28-year-old man that he's been talking to the whole time. Now, I know it's easy for some of you to laugh like you're doing right now, to laugh like you're doing right now. And here's the reality. I know some of you are thinking, how stupid could you be? But I promise you, I would bet you $1,000 that if we could do an anonymous survey right now, there's somebody in here that has happened to you as well. And I know this because I get to travel to schools and youth groups all over this country. I got to go to private schools, public schools all over this country uh, and, and other countries. I've gone to Singapore and Japan I've gone to, to Korea and spoken in schools all over the world. And everywhere I go, teenagers will come up to me and go, hey, you know that story that you shared? Yeah, th that's, that's my story too. And it brings a lot of embarrassment to us because what happens is we just get quickly caught up in these conversations. And before we know it, we're sharing things and saying things that we would never share and say in the real world if someone was sitting right next to us. But again, there's this intimacy that happens on social media where we feel like that these people understand us when really we don't even know if they're real or if what we're seeing is real. You know, like how many of you guys are on Instagram? Instagram? Yeah, there was a survey done in the United Kingdom in England this last year. They polled 500 high school girls and asked them, what is your favorite social media? And the number one answer was Instagram. And it's the most popular um, you know, among high school girls in America as well. It's the third most popular among guys. So anyway, it's, uh, they asked the girls, they said Instagram, and then they asked the follow-up question, which was, how does it make you feel when you're on your Instagram? Basically, when you get out of school and you flop down on your bed and you get home and you can finally chill out and be yourself in your bedroom and you open up your Instagram, how does it emotionally make you feel? And the number one answer, over 80% of girls that use Instagram said when they use it, it makes them feel stressed or depressed. Now, now, could we agree? Let's think about this. What if after tonight, Robbie came up here and said, hey, surprise everyone, guess what? I've got us all tickets. I, I'm gonna pay for your meal at the Mexican restaurant down the street. 
And so we go down there and 80% of you get food poisoning. Now let's say we come back tomorrow and we're going to have a youth rally again. And Robbie says, hey, surprise, guess what? We're going back to the Mexican restaurant. Could we agree that we're all going to go, oh no, thank you very much. I don't think so. I had my fill of it last night because 80% of us were throwing up when we got home. Yes. I mean, we learn from mistakes. So the question is this then, if it makes us feel stressed and depressed when we get on our Instagrams and our Snapchats, why do we keep going back to it? Why are we giving our time to this stuff that just psychologically, just emotionally is just tearing us apart? Because what happens is, this happens to my daughter. She doesn't do this anymore, but this happened to her when she was in middle school and high school. She'd be on an Instagram and we'd be in the car and I would hear in the backseat going, ugh. And I would go, what is it? She goes, dad, look at this girl. And I would look at it and she goes, her skin is perfect. Why can't my hair look like that? Like, why, does, why doesn't my complexion look like that ever? Admit it. How many of you guys ever happened to you? You're looking at a picture online and you're thinking, why can't I look like that? And here's the deal. We forget, don't we? We forget that everyone else is filtering as well. Yes, we forget that what we're seeing is not reality, that the whole thing is a facade. And so what happens is, especially girls, you begin to believe the lie that what you're seeing is real and that your skin should look this way, your hair should look this way, your body should look this way when everything's been filtered and photoshopped. And, and if, if, if you're feeling this pressure, then don't you know your friends are feeling this pressure? And sometimes, guys, we just need to unplug. I'm not saying we shouldn't use it, but we should find a time and a place for everything. Just unplug sometimes. My daughter has done this. I, I call it a rhythm, like finding a rhythm in life. For instance, when, when you're, when you're uh, you know how when you're sitting at the ocean, you guys gone to the ocean before? You're sitting at the ocean and you, you kind of you watch where the waves are coming in. So you go and you sit down right at where the edge is, where you think the waves are going to hit. Yeah, and you kind of sit there Indian style and you want to see how, you know, if the waves will knock you over and one comes in and it kind of comes up in your lap. So then what do you do? You move back just a little bit, right? And then it does it again. So you move back just a little bit because you know that the waves are going to go out and they're going to come back in. And sometimes they're going to knock you over and sometimes they're not. And so the point is we have to do the same thing in our lives relationally. We have to do same things in our lives spiritually, which is why it's important for us to every day to reconnect our heart to God's heart. We're trying to find a spiritual rhythm in our life. And the same thing with social media, you have to find a rhythm just like that wave, meaning that sometimes you're on it and other times you're not. Now here's the deal, guys. I live with the reality that I can't control my children once they're outside of my house. And here's the secret your parents don't want you to know. Okay, here's a secret they don't want you to know they can't control you either. Really, the only person that can control what you do once you're outside your parents' home is you. You have to make a choice about the kind of woman that you wanna be with your life and how you're gonna carry yourself in front of other people out there in culture. When it comes to what you post and what you share about yourself, as guys, as young men, you have to make a choice for yourself about the kind of man that you wanna be and how you present yourself on social media. No one can make this choice for you. It can only be you. Your youth pastor can't make it. God can't make it. Your parents can't make it. Only you can decide the kind of man and woman that you wanna be and how the image of yourself that you're gonna to present to other people with technology. And so my daughter, what she does is when she would get home from high school, and she still does this in college, when she gets out of class, she turns her phone off for 15 minutes and she just sits in her floor and just meditates. Just, she, just, she wants to be quiet, no radio, no noise, turn off all everything. And she just wants to be quiet for 15 minutes 
Because she knows that if she can dial down all the other voices, all the noise, she has a much better chance of hearing God's still quiet voice. Do you see this? And then she turns her phone back on and gets back on her Instagram. But she's learned a rhythm that you don't have to always be available. You really don't. Just because someone sends you a text message doesn't mean you have to respond right then, especially if you're with real life friends, right? Like if you're, if you're how many of you guys have ever found this happen? You're sitting in, um, you know, I don't know, Taco Bell or something. You're sitting in a restaurant, hanging out with your friends and everyone's having a good time laughing. And then about 20 minutes into it, you realize no one is talking anymore because everyone's got their phones out and are texting to other people that aren't even in the booth with you. Anyone happen to you before? Yes, almost all of us. Now, here's the crazy thing, Avery. Avery, like, really, if you're face-to-face with other people, hanging out with your friends, then all of a sudden there's a phone between the two of you, you've gone to the dark side. You know what I'm saying? Because then you're communicating that this thing is more important than these living, breathing friends in front of you. And friends are important. Can't we agree? Friends are really hard to come by, aren't they? So we don't want to avoid our friends because we're staring at screens. We got to find a rhythm of knowing when to unplug and when to connect. I think what happens a lot of times is that some of you guys that got on social media when you were 10, 11, and 12, that by the time that you graduate from high school, there is years and years worth of information about your life on there. Anybody here kept a diary when you were younger? Any girls kept a diary? You did? And uh, let me ask you, your diary right here, right here, right here, your diary, did it uh, have a lock on it? Yeah, had a lock on it. And, um, and your diary, did you ever get it and just like lay it on the kitchen counter for your siblings to read or your mom and dad to read? No, because your diary is your most private thoughts about what boy bands you like and what boy you got a crush on this week, right? I mean, like what you really think about your parents. Like no one gets to read your diary. And it's like in the back of the closet or under the mattress. It's your most private thoughts. And what we've done is in many ways, social media has become our online diary where we're going online and we're just talking about our lives. But what happens, guys, sometimes as we're talking about our lives, we end up sharing information that could potentially be harmful to us. So for instance, when you're talking about what classes you're taking at school or what your cell phone number is or who your best friend is or here's pictures of you and your dog. Like for really, if you were a detective, someone could find where you live just by looking at your social media because so many of us post all kinds of personal information about our lives on there. And we're not even trying to. We're just talking about our lives, but someone takes all that information and can create a a profile about who you are. Does that make sense? All right, uh, any, any high schoolers here? High schoolers? All right, any juniors or seniors here? Juniors or seniors? So, uh, e- Ethan, right? Okay, all right, thank you very much. Uh, Ethan, right over here, you're a senior too? You're a senior, right? Junior, right? Any seniors here? Seniors? So, uh, uh, what is your name? Nick. Nick, uh, this is your last year of high school. Do you know what you're, you're going to do next year? You know? Oh, very good. Big strain for the National Guard. Okay. And uh, so let's say, Nick, you've, you've worked hard, all you guys in high school, you worked hard. And what you're doing in high school is you're taking your, your ACT class, I mean, ACT test, you're taking the SAT, you're doing AP classes and honors classes, you're doing community service projects and mission trips, and you're doing speech and debate and band and all these other kind of things because you're trying to create an online resume about your life. Yes, you guys agree, high schoolers? Because one day you're going to send that resume of your high school life to your dream college. Hey, I want to get into University of Oklahoma or Oklahoma State or wherever you guys want to go. And so there's my dream school or to the military or whatever it is. And then guess what's going to happen? You've got a 70% chance that the college that you apply to 
is gonna go and look for your Instagram, your Facebook, your Snapchat, and your YouTube accounts. Because colleges, 70% chance, because these colleges are now concluding that the things that you guys do on social media is just as valid, just as important, showing who, what your character is as the thing, the scores that you made on your test. And I could tell you, I could stand up here and tell you story after story of students that have lost college scholarships because of just silly, foolish things that they've posted online. Last year, Harvard University, the hardest university to get into in our country, Harvard University, they have an online group for incoming freshmen on Facebook so that you can just kind of meet other incoming freshmen in the school. And so what happened was they were all on there and a bunch of the guys began to make sexual uh, derogatory comments to other freshman girls on the group. Well, guess who monitors the freshman group at Harvard University? Harvard University. So they're reading everything that's posted. 11 guys ended up losing not just their scholarships, but losing their admissions. Like, listen, they have worked for, for four years doing everything they can to get into this elite university, and it's gone just like that because of some foolish comments on social media. Because the things that you post and send have real world consequences. Your generation, you guys are the first generation to ever have two reputations. You know, you have a real world reputation. Those are people that know you in the real world. Like maybe the people sitting next to you, these are your real life friends, right? So you, you have a real world reputation, but you also have a digital reputation. These are people that only know you online, that maybe you've never met them or the primary place that you communicate with them is in some group, you know, on Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram. And, and you know way more people online than you do offline. But think about this, how many, how many friends, think about this, how many friends would you say that you have? Not online, but real friends. Not acquaintances at school, but I mean people that know you, that know you, that you can really be yourself in front of. Because most high schoolers would say six, eight at the most. How many like BFFs, like really best friends that you know, like this person knows all of your skeletons. They know everything about you. Like one, two, but yet most high schoolers are connected to over 500 people on social media. Now, maybe you're thinking, there's no way I'm connected to 500 people. But then what if you think about your Facebook account, your Instagram account, your Snapchat account, your, your Netflix account, your YouTube account, like all these different accounts together, you know, put together, they got over 500 people that you guys are connected to. Over 80% of teenagers say that they have posting regrets. You, you know what a posting regret is, right? That's not saying something like, my mom is so mean. Instead, it's things that you say, that you send, that, that once it's out there, you can't ever get it back again. Here's, here's one of the big truths I want you guys to hear as you leave here tonight. One thing I want you to remember as you leave, don't ever forget it. When it comes to social media, when it comes to social media, there is no delete, there's no do-over, and there's no take-backs. There's no delete, there's no do-overs, and there's no take-backs. Meaning that once you send it, once you post it, it's out there forever. I mean, it took teenagers all of about, what, 30 minutes to realize on Snapchat that there's, it, having an eight-second timer is really pointless because everything that someone sends you can be what? Screenshotted. Like, it even tells you, doesn't it? You know, what you just sent was screenshotted. It's like, oh, no, no, what, 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 what you screenshotted? Why'd you screenshot that? Why did you need to screenshot that? That was just between you and I. Like, that's happened to you before, haven't you? You sent someone something, you're like, whoa, 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 why'd you screenshot that? No, 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 I don't want you to keep it. That's why I set the timer. Thank you very much. Because once you send it, it's out there forever. There are no take backs. 
And part of this, what happens is a lot of our regrets has to do with our identity. Over 40% of teenagers admit to having sexual conversations with other people on social media. 25% of all teenagers admit to having these conversations with total strangers, meaning you have no idea who this person is, but you're having this very intimate conversation with this person. You know, one out of four of all girls admit to sending nude or semi-nude photos of themselves or other people to guys. No, and I I get it. I really do. I, I understand how mistakes happen, but I think sometimes we get caught up in these online conversations and these online relationships where we feel like we can trust these people and this person understands me. So we end up sharing part of ourselves with this person that we really don't know. There was a guy and a girl in Tennessee, they, were, they went to a private school and they dated their whole year. Oh, am I done? Am I out of time? Or are you just hanging out? So, do I? Okay, good. So they were hanging out online. I'm sorry, they were dating and they dated for about a year. Now, the more time they spent together, the more intimate their relationship became. Now, I know when I say the word intimate, immediately a lot of you think I mean sex. And that's because our culture doesn't understand intimacy that we've equated intimacy just to mean sex, but that's not what God equates intimacy as. There's a lot of different kinds of intimacy that every one of us can experience and should experience every single day. For instance, you and I, we can be relationally intimate, meaning that you and I are just buddies. We're friends. We enjoy hanging out, playing basketball, going hunting together. We're just friends. That makes sense? There's relational intimacy there that you and I, we could be emotionally intimate, meaning that we've been friends for so long that I trust myself in front of you. I can be angry in front of you. I can laugh. I can cry in front of you. And I know you're, gonna make, you're not gonna make fun of me. Does that make sense? Because I trust you because there's relational intimacy that's led to emotional intimacy. Are you guys tracking with me? There's another intimacy each one of us should experience and that's spiritual intimacy that God has created us to be in a right relationship with him. And when we're in a right relationship with him, then we have the possibility of being in a right relationship with each other. First, it goes vertical, us to God. And then it goes horizontal. If I'm in a right relationship with God, then I can be in a right relationship with you. Do you see that? We can be emotionally intimate, relationally intimate, spiritually intimate. But there's one intimacy that God says should only be between a man and a woman in a covenant relationship for life, meaning marriage. And that is sexual intimacy. And matter of fact, God is so serious about this that he calls marriage a holy act. Do you see this? What does the word holy literally mean? Anyone know? Yes, set apart. It means different from all the rest, right? So for instance, if, um, you know, if everyone in here was wearing black t-shirts and you're wearing a green, t- a green shirt, we would say that your green shirt is holy, meaning it's different from all the other shirts. Does that make sense? So God says that sexual intimacy is different from all the other intimacies because it's only to be experienced in marriage. Now, what does this have to do with this guy and the girl in high school? Well, they dated for a whole year. And what happens is the more time we spend with someone, the more we desire to give all of ourselves to that person. So then the guy says, hey, when, when are you gonna send me some photos? No, you know, I love you and you love me. Right? So now what is he pleading to? He's pleading to their emotional and relational intimacy. So, hey, you can trust me. This is just between us. So she's been sending him some sexually intimate photos just for the two of them. But then he, he breaks off. I mean, she breaks off the relationship several months later. They dated for a year and she broke off the relationship. And he felt like everyone at school is going to know that he's the one, she's the one that broke up with him. 
So he comes up with a great idea. His idea is, I'm going to take all these pictures on my phone and I'm going to download them to my computer and I'm going to open up my Photoshop and I'm going to make them look like a deck of playing cards. I'm going to print them off and laminate them. And then he took these pictures of her to school and him and a bunch of guys played poker in the locker room with pictures of her body. Now, now girls, I want you to understand something. If a guy ever says to you, I like you, I love you, you're beautiful, you're hot, you can trust me, please hear me, I promise you, he is not looking out for your best interest. He's not, he is no longer valuing you as a woman. Now he's just trying to enjoy himself with your image. Does that make sense, what I'm saying here? And he is not worth your time. My daughter came home one day from, from, um, from high school and she takes selfies every day you know, on her Instagram, just pictures of her face. And she came home and she, show, she goes, dad, look at this. And this guy at her school had made a sexual snarky comment about my daughter's face. And she showed it to me and I said, sweetie, he's lost the right to communicate with you online because he no longer honors you as a woman. It's time to delete him. And guess what? She did. Matter of fact, she deletes guys all the time. She was like, I don't have time for this stuff. This guy's not worth my time. And she just deletes him. Matter of fact, her New Year's resolution last year, last year was to unfollow 50 guys on, on, on Instagram. Like delete them. And they go, she did it again this year and she found 58. I'm like, yay, Rod, just get rid of them all. You know, I mean, until you get down to the one, find the one, you know? And so, um, and guys, guys, please hear me. Guys, you never, 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 never have the right to ask a young lady to compromise her character, her integrity, so that you're, so you can get a picture from her. So girls, I want you to get this. If a guy asks you for a picture or a photo, really what, he's, really what he's asking for is he's asking for a trophy. And what do you do with trophies? You display them, you show them. All your little league trophies are sitting, your soccer trophies are on the mantle because your mom wants to display them. And that's what's gonna happen, ladies. I promise it will not be kept secret. It will be shared because it's a trophy. And he's, what you're really giving him too is you're giving him a gift. And when you give someone a gift, you give, it all, you give up all claims as to what happens to that gift. So for instance, if I buy you a birthday present, I don't get to tell you how to wear that shirt or when to wear the shirt or even to take it back and get store credit, right? It's yours to do with what you want. And the same thing, if you send a photo or a video of yourself or even a message to someone else, you give up all rights as to what they do with it. They can screenshot it, they can change it, they can pass it on and share it with everyone else but it will not stay private. It's gonna be passed on. You know, um, so 80% of it, we have, we, have, we have posting regrets. And, and I, I, I think one of the most damaging things that's happening with, with, with technology and especially social media is just sometimes we get careless with the words that we share with each other. And I don't mean with sexual words, I mean hurtful words with each other. That cyberbullying is a thing that didn't even exist 10 years ago. There was no such thing as this. And now we know it's happening between 33 and 40% of all teenagers are saying it's happening to them. Every day in the United States, 100 and, was 160,000 teenagers are skipping school every day because they're afraid to go to school and see the person that's been bullying them on Instagram and Snapchat. That cyberbullying is basically saying that because of someone's uh, body type, or their skin color, or their orientation, or their religious beliefs, that I think that you're a lesser person than me, and I'm gonna tell everyone online why I think this. And chances are, there's probably about, let me see how many of you guys are in here, there's probably at least 20 of you in this room that has happened to you. 
that someone thought that they had the right to go online and say whatever they wanted to about you. And I promise they don't. Not only do they not relationally and spiritually, but they don't legally. It's actually against the law in the state of Oklahoma to cyber bully someone. But see, none of that is ever gonna stop bullying. You guys see these, these people here? These are all middle schoolers. One of them, uh, two of them are in ninth grade. The one over here on the bottom right-hand corner, he was 11 years old, sixth grader. And all of them have a very similar story. And it's that people at their school thought it would be fun to go online and to bully them on their social media accounts. And so this 11-year-old, it kept happening to him day after day after day for months. And he couldn't make it stop. And he would, he would, he would make his account private and but his, name, his username was out there and it would just get passed around the school to other people. And then he would cancel his account and create a new account. And then somehow it would get out and it just wouldn't stop. And so finally he came up with an idea of how he could make all the bullying stop. So when he got home from school one day, he took off his belt and he put it around the ceiling fan in his bedroom. And that's where his mom found him two hours later. Now, I, I don't know what your personal theology is, but I think we can all agree that was not God's plan for that 11-year-old. Now see, even though it's against the law in the state of Oklahoma to bully someone online, that will never stop bullying in your school. You deserve to be in a school where you feel safe. You deserve, you have the right to be in a youth group where you feel safe. I, I have never been to one youth group yet where someone doesn't tell me that they're being bullied in the youth group. You deserve to be in a youth group where you're not being bullied on a sports team, an after-school job where you're not being bullied. But the, but the law is not gonna stop it. You, know, you, you guys all go to middle school and high school, but all you guys go to public school, you have a student handbook at your school, don't you, about behavior. I promise you, it says something in there about bullying, but that will never stop bullying. The only thing that's gonna stop it is when you guys, as teenagers, not the church, not the police, not the government, but when you guys as teenagers decide we're not going there anymore. I don't want this to be a part of my world. I don't want to have a memorial service at my school for another kid because other people thought it was fun to say things about him or her on social media. Listen, guys, I know this is hard stuff. It's heavy stuff. I think for any grown-up, to say to a teenager today, oh, I know what you're going through is a gross overstatement because the reality is none of us back here know what you guys are going through. We were all teenagers at some point in time, but the world that you guys are living in is so much different than what we ever experienced. And, and, and as best as we know how, we wanna be in it with you. Like your mom and dad, when they sit down with you guys sometimes and ask you questions about their day, it's not because they're trying to get up on your business. It's because there's no one in your life that cares more about you than your mom and dad. You know, when your teachers ask you questions and your counselors ask you questions sometimes, it's not because they're trying to pry into your business. It's because they are desperate to try to connect with you guys. And if someone is bullying you, someone is asking you to compromise your character and send photos and videos and someone's picking on you, whatever it is, if you feel pressure as uncomfortable as it might be sometimes, I'm asking you just to take a chance, just to take a chance that your mom and dad might respond okay. Just to step out and take a chance and share with them what's been happening to you. Some things that people have been saying about you or to you online because you don't deserve it. And none of us are meant to live life alone. God has created us to live in community, which means that we gotta have good friends around us 
We got to have good moms and dads and small group leaders and youth pastors and coaches and surround ourselves with people that love us and want you to be whole and holy. Yes, I know that you guys can do this. I know that you can't. I believe that your generation can do it better than our generation did. But it's gonna be hard. That's gonna require some of you guys just to unplug sometimes and just to spend real world time with each other away from these screens. Hey guys, thank you so much for your time tonight. I appreciate it. God bless you guys.